Hello, dear friends. Here we are at Kardec Radio, nourishing our souls with another program, Lifting Hope. We're lifting our hopes with the book, Memoirs of a Suicide. It's awkward for those who know, don't know the book, to think that a book like that is going to boost our hope. But it does. It does. Why? Because it talks about life. It talks about prevention. It talks about how we can best harmonize ourselves and live a fulfilled life. It reads ourselves of illusions. You know, often we go after illusions and just like a mirage in the desert, we fall short. So here we have this single opportunity of studying this book and recharging ourselves. I see here friends who are coming in. Rafael Medeiros, how are you, Rafael? Karina Alicia, I saw your message. I'm going to reply. Thank you, Karina. Super hug to you. Sunshine, Daisy, we were just together the center. What a joy, Daisy. What a joy, my friend. And I see, let me see if I can see more of you. Silvio Otero. You're right, Rafael. This book is so amazing, right? Right, sunshine. Yes. <clears throat> so, today we're going to study part two of the chapter 10, which is about the mental ward. Mm, it's very interesting. It's all about this inner balance, the mental balance that we need to find. You will see how this chapter can help us live a better incarnated life. And it helps us prevent issues in the long run. Right, Alan Swift? Welcome here to Kardec Radio with us in Lifting Hope. Thank you for the wish of peace. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for being with us. Andrea Cosley, how have you been? Paula Andrade, long time no see you. It's good to see you here. It's wonderful to be together, right? It's this big classroom of in the virtual space where we are together cherishing instructions for immortality. What we're learning here, we can carry to our immortal life. Mm -hmm. It's never a waste of time. Never. Because what we're doing here is immortal investment. You know, this is something that is priceless. Mm -hmm. If you talk about investments, this is investment in our immortality. We're learning these teachings with Yvonne Pereira, Camilo, Leon Denis, the loving minds of the beyond, and strengthening ourselves. I know there are many people in the world who do not believe in this, who do not know what to make of it. I mean, fine. One day they will. But if you and I keep it up and we join forces, people will come along. They will see that this is just fitting for somebody who wants to reason life and is not going to overlook the beauty of life. Life is immortal, right, Mario da Vega? Welcome to Kardec Radio, Nora Brasil. Super hug to you, Nora. A super hug to you. 
So yesterday, in the previous program, we were studying the first part of the chapter, chapter 10, first part. We were learning there several different things. They were visiting this group with Camilo. They are visiting now the mental ward in the hospital, Mary of Nazareth. Who stays there? Those suicide spirits who committed suicide and are still deeply and mentally impacted by it. They are they are still not themselves. They are kind of in a different mindset. They cannot reason things like Camilo does. And many of them are still agitated, having nightmares. So now they are studying what causes it. We talked about alcohol, drug addictions yesterday, right? The importance of being dutiful. Mm -hmm. The importance of fulfilling our duties in this life. Right? Rafael Medeiros is saying, this book is so comprehensive. It's not only an alert for the consequence of suicide, but also a message of hope for those who are involved in a similar situation. It also explains the divine justice behind life. Thank you for the summary. I agree with you. So now, they are saying here, um, okay, saddened by such dreadful suffering of those spirits who are in the mental ward, we asked, filled with anguish, what's going to happen to these poor creatures? What future awaits them? And then, filled with undeniable sorrow that melted his noble soul as a disciple of the gospel. Brother John, who is the director, who is leading them to the understanding of that mental word, replies, let's pay attention. Let's practice mindfulness, friends, at this moment, as we listen to the words of this wise and experienced spirit. A dramatic future is waiting for them in the expiatory confusion of an impending and unavoidable reincarnation. These cases are irredeemable in the spirit world. Nothing here can remedy the wild anguish that oppresses them or modify the tumultuous situation that they have woven for themselves with the barbarity of their uncontrolled behavior and the sacrilegious improvidence in which they submerged themselves by giving free reign to their vices. No one but themselves will be their agents of mercy because they willfully yield to their vices and did not did nothing to curb them. This will cause them many sorrows, much oppression, and infinitively painful suffering. Any normal person would be appalled by it. 
they need to be convinced of their situation and to accept the future consequences of their past in providence with some resignation. Thus, while they are here, an arduous endeavor of counseling, tireless applications of special fluidic and moral therapy, and loving assistance as brothers and sisters invested with this sacred responsibility are required on our part. But what happens so often is that these patients are filled with rebelliousness. Mark it down. What happens is often that these patients are filled with rebelliousness an impenitent hatred for their misery, which they consider themselves to be victims of and not perpetrators. They refuse to yield to the evidence of the present and rebel against everything. Rebelliousness in the gospel according to Spiritism. Kardec quotes several beatitudes that Jesus said in his um, Sermon of the Mount. Amongst them, blessed are the meek and peacemakers. Usually we talk about peacemakers. But what about being meek? What is to be meek? The connotation in English nowadays is not very good. People think that meek is somebody who is coward. No, weak. No, but meek in the Christian sense of the world, the word means somebody who is serene. Serene. You want an example of meekness? Besides Jesus, of course. Stephen. Take the book, Paul and Stephen. Stephen is the model, besides Jesus, of meekness, like Chico Xavier. Stephen saw his father being murdered unfairly. If there is any murder, there is fair, but he was not being judged fairly either, sentenced. He was murdered right in front of his children. And Stephen saw it, and what did he do? He could have killed the guards, fought the guards, whatever. He didn't. Why? He didn't love his father? No, he did. He loved the father. But above his father, there is God. That's the difference between the rebellious and the meek. His father, Joshedeb, rebellious. He thought everything was not just, though the scriptures told that if something happens to you, you, you have to understand that God is ahead of it. And we'll take care of it. But he wanted to make justice with his own hands. He put fire in the neighbor's lands. And the rest is history. He was murdered. 
Joshadab the father was rebellious. Stephen, meek. Why? Because he put God before anything else. When we talk about justice, friends, let's go again to the Spirit's book, because the Spirit's book, Mentor Joseph often says, is the constitution of our souls. When we go to the third part, the laws, the divine laws, there's one law, which is the tenth, titled, The Law of Justice, Love and Charity. And then Kardec, as a wise educator and an excellent researcher, he asked the spirits through the mediums of the time, what is the definition of justice? Are you ready for the answer? I think you'll be surprised because I remember way back when, when I read it, I, my jaw dropped, dropped. I couldn't believe the answer of the spirits. It said, to be just is to respect people's rights. Well, Jesus was the representation of God on earth in the sense of he was compliant with God's laws. Was he just? Yes. He respected Judas. He was so just that he knew Judas was going to make a mistake. He warned without humiliating. And he warned without intervening in the free will of Judas. That's justice. Judas had the right to do what he wanted to do. Because God allows us. Jesus as a just person allowed he was just. He respected. He didn't bash Judas. He didn't outcast, ostracize. He didn't do anything. He was just. Well, he has the right to do what he wants to do. But he warned as an educator, as a master, said, one of you is going to betray me. And he knew it. He listened to it. He couldn't do anything about it. He was deeply fascinated, obsessed. What about us in our lives? Because when we want to make justice with our own hands, we don't believe in God. We don't believe that God is in charge of everything. We think that we have to put the order or the world is going to fall apart. The world is not going to fall apart. If I disappear today, fine. The world is cared for by God, including our family. I know it's hard because we're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to this person, that person? I know. But at the end of the day, Umberto de Campos and the other spirits, and even in the book Memoirs of Suicide, they say, majority of people forget about us. Big deal, right? Because on the other side, we have friends too. And one day we're going to meet again. So it's temporary forgiveness, forgetfulness. It's not a big deal. We are not the center of people's lives. We need to get used not to be the center of our family's attention. Sometimes we think being a good family member 
used to be always together. Now there is WhatsApp and it's overwhelming because people feel that being a good family member say, I'm going to the bathroom. Bye. I pooped. It was this caller, that caller, forgive me for saying this, but there are people who go overboard with the details of their lives to the point that they don't buy a needle, a bread, a, a t-shirt without asking the family members in the WhatsApp group what to do next. This is called symbiosis and it's not healthy. This is not love. This is attachment. And attachment is not healthy. Our guide and model, Jesus, showed to us. What did he show? Was he like super attached to the family? No. He loved the family. He loved his mother. He loves us of all of us. He showed to us the model of a family member. You pay attention. You help. But you, you have to live your life independent inside of you and he came from a jewish tradition in which family ties are super super important it's center stage in the jewish tradition he broke all the protocols he was not rebellious he was coherent Food for thought, right? A lot of food for thought. Right, Hakel Bakesh? So the spirits who are in the world, they were rebellious. That's the main problem. Exactly as they appear here, some in the future will make up a small band of lepers that will reincarnate amid the suffering of the gloomy corners of the earth and in the most wretched levels of society. Others will be the cancer-stricken, the paralytics, the mentally impaired, the hysterics, the convulsives, the incurable disease beset with complexes that will challenge the noble science of earthly, earthly medicine. They will be an unpleasant burden on human society because they are the offspring of it and its wrongs. Hence, it is only fair that this same society house them and keep them as long as necessary until such calamitous situation is diminished. They will reincarnate soon. They will remain here under the care of the dedicated workers only for as long as is necessary for them to recover from their most more violent seizures. They will be reborn as you see them now, for there is no other remedy that can reduce the depth of their maladies. They will mold their future body according to the immaculated configuration they presently display. Hard. It is very hard. It's sad, isn't it? So, we need to understand how life works. It's the law of action and reaction. The good spirits are not deforming the spirits for them to reincarnate. 
they deformed their spiritual bodies according to their deeds. So we need to reincarnate to regain the harmony, the shape. In the book Evolution into Worlds, chapter 19, part 2, Andrea Lewis discloses to us that our predispositions to illnesses occur because of grave mistakes and the remembrance of them. They create nodules, knots of spiritual disturbance in our spiritual body, the perispirit, and they will be expunged only through reincarnation. At the end, he says, we can expunge it by doing good deeds because the change of vibratory field, of the vibratory field, helps us cleanse it. But if we don't do the good, and we're talking a lot, super good actions, it's not like, I go there, give bread to the first person I see. No, we're talking about huge sacrifices of our ego to really help out. If we don't do that, diseases will come to do us that favor. So diseases, at the end of the day, they are teaching us something and helping us be lighter. I know we don't want to be sick and that's healthy. But we needed to see how diseases are blessings in disguise. Do I want to be sick? No. Do you want to be sick? No. Thank God. Because if you say yes, we need to see if you have a fever. Because that's not good. Not normal. But if we get sick, we can't do what the ancient Romans used to do. They believe that when you're sick, you're being punished by God. No, no. Diseases are not punishments. I will repeat it three times. Diseases are not punishments. Diseases are not punishments. Diseases are living lessons and healing opportunities. Because they are, through the body, expunging these disharmonies that we have created with our thoughts, words, actions, feelings that remain distorted in our spiritual body. You and I are sculptors of our own mental body, consequently, of our spiritual body. You are the Leonardo da Vinci of your own self, daily, ting, 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 using the chisel, and pling, 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 changing it. But we needed to be aware of it. To say, I am a child of God. I choose to think beautifully. I choose to speak wisely. And we have to push ourselves. I have choices. I'm not doomed. I am projecting on myself to the future. Right? But these spirits in the mental world... They are not in good condition. So when we see 
people who are in such conditions on earth, pray for them, help the parents, because it's not easy, friends. We need to give a hand. We can't wash our hands. We need to give a hand to each other and re bring relief to the sorrows of people. If I understand correctly, is the punitive reincarnation that awaits these wretches simply forced on them by this section of our department as a medical treatment? Is it an antidote? A remedy? Camilo asked. And João, brother João, the director, answered, yes. It's just a medical treatment. Oh my gosh, this is revolutionary. This is a revelation saying that this expiatory reincarnations are medical treatments for the immortal soul. You see why we need to help the parents of children who are in the profile of these reincarnations? Because God is healing them and healing humanity. But it's a lot of work. We see the rise of autism. There are different types. There is a spectrum. It's still under investigation. But above all else, we need moral therapy for all in any case, including ourselves. It's not enough to take our children to therapists, to phonoaudiologists, to physical therapists, no, occupational therapists. We need moral therapy. What is moral therapy? Professor Euripides Barsanufo, great spiritist educator, taught us that we need to learn how to talk from spirit to spirit. Because usually when we talk to children, we talk to them in a, as if we're talking to the body of the child, the spirit, the child. But we need to talk to the immortal spirit, looking at them in the eyes and saying, you know that you're loved. Especially the autistic child needs this constant affirmation that they are loved, that God loves them. We need to immerse them in affirmations of love, of how much they are welcomed by God in this reincarnation. They don't need to escape. Let's work on guilt. There are many aspects. Remember, you're strong, you can do it. But we need to learn how to work on in this way when we are preparing to be pregnant and when we are gestating the life. Many problems will be solved. Andrew Jackson Davis, the spiritualist forerunner in the United States, he wrote about the importance of prenatal life ahead of science, because that was the 19th century. And nowadays we know, and spiritism vouches, science vouches, 
that if we cultivate a particular mindset during gestation, we have a great impact in this forming being the nervous system of the brain, the brain as well. So when the person is pregnant, the mother is pregnant, it's very important to cultivate positive thoughts, positive feelings, visualizing beautiful things. Mm -hmm. If we do so, we're going to potentiate the success of this reincarnation. We can't wait for this spirit to be born to start accommodating an educational process. We need prenatal education. Prenatal education. And we're not talking about teaching them the ABCs like some mothers do. There is a method already teaching the ABCs to, to the fetus. We're not talking about intellectual, though it's valid, but we're talking about emotional, spiritual, which is life-saving. Okay? So this is just a, a side comment here. Hi, Rosaline Rosa. Uh, Sunshine is asking, aren't all of our lives medical treatments to different kinds? I agree with you, Sunshine. All of our lives. You're right. That's the beauty of it all. Each reincarnation has its healing program. What are ours, right? Beautiful comment. Thank you. A type of treatment that the urgency and gravity of the illness imposes on the patient. A painful procedure, but one we do not hesitate to use because we know that only afterward will their real convalescence begin. It will not be punishment per se, because no one will have inflicted punishment or handed down a sentence. On the contrary, all of us here who serve the law will have made every effort allowable to bring relief to their dreadful situation. What it really is, really, is the effect of the cause that the patient himself created with the excesses he took pleasure in. While reincarnated, submerged in the earthly waves of expiation, they will continue to be under our watch care. They will remain registered in our department and will be visited and cared for by our physicians as if they were still hospitalized here. And they will come back here after the terrible exile we have prepared them for. We proceeded with our visit to the medical offices inside the building. On the way, Brother John had us take a look at the infirmaries housing patients that had remained in profound prostration ever since their arrival from the Valley of Suicides. They were depleted by excesses of all sorts especially those of a sexual nature. And now people are like, what? What did she say? I was almost sleeping. It said sex. Yes, sex. Vanessa, it's almost midnight. Yes, it's talking about sex. It's important to talk about it. We can't keep it a taboo. We have to talk about it because sex is life. 
Mm -hmm. They were prostrated because of their excesses, excesses in regards to sex. Their soul faculties had been disparaged, reducing them to this pathetic state inarguable evidence of the instincts in which they have been entangled. Lying beds that the supreme goodness of Jesus had granted them to the right to use, and because of the love for the laws of charity that inspired all the services of the colony, they were isolated from all the other patients in vast overcrowded rooms. They were from every social class and nationality of the regions served by the colony. They had atrocious nightmares that kept them in constant state of terror, but in spite of them, they were unable to awaken from their lethargy. See, we need sexual education. Spiritism doesn't prohibit anything, but it teaches us the law of action and reaction. Assessment question for us. Yes, we need to start asking ourselves, how am I doing in that regard? Big question for Valentine's Day, huh? Mm-hmm. If you're watching this on demand and it's not Valentine's Day, pretend it is or not. Well, let's ask the question. How am I doing in regard to my sexual faculty? What is the level of my sexual education? Am I still very instinctive? If I see somebody naked, I already feel aroused. But Vanessa, is that not normal? Uh, what's normal, right? I wouldn't say normal because in spiritism, there is hierarchy of spirits. Jesus may see you naked and it doesn't arouse anything because he doesn't see what we see. But we may see it and feel, ooh. But some people would go from ooh to mmm and more and become predators, right? Cheat and do much more because they cannot contain themselves. If we didn't do this in this life, in previous lives, we have done it. Now we need to boost it to another level. Does that mean no sex? No, it means that we're going to learn how to work on our creative force. That's how Emmanuel and Andre Lewis define sex in spiritism. Sex is creative force. We're co-creators. We can't block it. We need to transmute it. In uh, Freud used an expression that is very valuable for us, sublimation. But in spiritism, sublimation means we're transforming these creative forces. If we're not going to use with the partner we have elected, we're going to transmute it and do what Chico Xavier learned from Emmanuel. Talk to the cells of your body and ask them to bring that energy to your brain to boost your intellectual capacity. 
And that's how Chico Xavier worked also regarding his creative forces. So our, our next 24 hours, let us observe how we're doing regarding our management of these creative forces. Hmm? If you ask, what is the ideal? To love. To love. I remember a post by Jack Kornfield, a Buddhist, beautifully stating, our goal is not to perfect tasks and habits, but to perfect our capacity to love. So when we are talking about co-creative forces, we're talking about using them for the benefit of all. Okay? Or mental ward. It's either that or mental ward. We don't want that. We were extremely moved as we walked between the rows of the beds, quickly observing the patients while listening to our enlightened mentor as he explained the heart-trending scene. If your spiritual sight were sufficiently developed, you would see horrific emanations rising from their minds, degrading and shameful scenes resulting from the debilitating habits they succumbed to, and from acts committed against decency and morality. You need to understand that a person's every thought and act are indeliably, indeliably imprinted in his or her spiritual body. These acts and thoughts then appear like deplorable snapshots. Talking about snapshots, huh? In Instagram, right before our eyes when in defiance of the law, they cross over to this side of life. Suicides of all types are lodged here, from those who use the weapon or deadly poison to those who fell victimized by their addictions. The most ignoble affinity unites them, that is, the inferiority of their character and sentiments. Indeed, Camilo says, we were unable to perceive these mental states. Even though we had been able to, to end the sinister, been able to in the sinister valley, when scenes of violent acts of suicide were visible all around us. Hmm. So who are they? They lay in their sick beds exactly as they have been while on earth. Gallant men, seducers, deceivers, hypocrites, liars, corrupt, often occupying the highest positions in society, libertines, drunkards, disbelievers in the good and God, slaves to animality, crawling around in the muck of their instincts luring themselves to the heights of worms, forgetful that they were creatures of God, 
and that they would have to give an account to him some day for their abuse of the freedom to act that he had given them. Reincarnation is the only corrective solution that is strong enough to give their depleted energies a lift. Here, they can only feebly assimilate the tonic fluids permanently scattered throughout the infirmary because the layers of impurities that envelop their faculties are too thick to allow for any lasting benefit. When will they reincarnate? On their lethargy subsides, once their lethargy subsides enough, we will help them reincarnate, although they will not be aware of it. This means they will be incapable of making any particular requests regarding their existence, nor will they be able to collaborate in planning the dramatic endeavor in which they will play the leading role. So they, the directors, are in charge of deciding the next steps, okay? So now let us listen to one more information. <clears throat> they will make up of mentally impaired, insane, epileptic, deaf, blind, deplorable conditions. So again, they are talking about, oh my gosh, isn't that too much? And Brother John is saying, it's the law of action and reaction. Have you forgotten the tears that these wretches made their brothers and sisters shed by inflicting them with torments caused by their selfishness? The slander that they harmed their victims with. It's interesting because we think slandering, gossiping, is just a minor thing. It creates this imbalance of the mind. It's a crime. It's not good. Pain, the teacher, will correct their anomalies and reconcile them with the law. God is infinite mercy, my friends. He wants his people to live in harmony. It's so beautiful. He wants his people to live in harmony with the eternal beauty of his laws. And since we know that these laws are incorruptible, it is up to us to obey and respect them so that we don't wind up having to drink the bitter gall of the consequence that we created for ourselves with our free will when we left the natural and luminous pathway. Brother Juan informed us that they would be paralytic and infirm at birth and would display striking anomalies in childhood. Yes, indeed, these vibrations have been, had been scattered by the terrible jolt of their act and their movements were extremely restrained as a result. Wow. How they deformed it. Okay. So now, hold on a second.
because he brings to us the mercy of God. And it says, the invitation to pray and examine oneself inwardly was repeated every day prior to entering the offices where the fluidic sanitization treatments were applied by the assistants. These were the principal means used on patients for their mental re-education. So we're talking about mental re-education. Have you heard about it? We don't do it. That's why psychiatry is failing big time. We're, since the advent of psychopharmacology, psychiatry is the only field in which you just prescribe and you don't even check the main organ that is affected by it, which is the brain. There is a psychiatrist that lately has been researching, doing um, scans of the brain to show that you can confirm the types of issues that happen to the people who come into psychiatric treatment. But even though that's the case, pills alone do not fix anything. We need mental re-education. You see, if you read this book and you are a psychiatrist or a researcher, you can start, or a psychologist, you can start already opening new approaches to treating patients on earth. Mental re-education with prayer, like Spiritist Hospitals do in Brazil, and enabling them to establish harmonious currents with beneficent powers from the higher realms later on. These transcendental methods were implemented with simplicity. Depending on what could be grasped by those perturbed minds and under the inspiration of a kind and fraternal charity whose fragrance penetrated the depths of our souls, touched by the sight of such noble hearts, lovingly devoted to their brothers. Beautiful. So, prayer, inner journey, and the sanitization by beautiful thoughts and feelings. Sometimes you are in your house, or at work, or you have neighbors, or in a particular country, and you ask, how can I help producing beautiful thoughts, beautiful feelings, good vibrations? That's how we can help, by doing our share. We cannot change people, but we can vibratorily contribute to the transformation. We're doing what we get to do, because the good is just the right thing to do. And that affects people inevitably. Right? The joy of living that we cultivate is everything. The joy of living. Why not if life is so beautiful? Hmm? Right? And then one of Camilo's friends asked, 
Could you also explain the planned course of action for these patients to return to physical body? It's interesting because they ask time and again. And the guide said, yes, my friend, it is possible, even imperative for you to be informed of the general work involved in a matter that is so crucial for all of you. However, matters concerning reincarnation are not the job of this department, but of another. You will certainly visit it. So it's another chapter for us here also in the book. In that department, you see laboratories that are extraordinarily important because they are where plans for the delicate endeavor of rebirth are drawn up. We're not going to cover much of this part because we're going to talk about it in a later chapter. What is important for us here today is to see how we can avoid suffering. And he says here, much suffering would be avoided if the physical body is a divine trust that human beings should respect and protect, keeping it from impurities and harm. The physical astral body, which is the one you have at the moment, is just as important. Moreover, our soul intelligence is the essence of the Creator Himself, a particle of Him, a spark extracted from His Supreme Being. Mamma mia, this is so beautiful. From these, you can infer that we are all temples to be venerated. Friends, I apologize if I'm going to repeat it. But this is the most important part of this chapter. Because this has the affirmation of all times. It says that you and I come from God, meaning we're we are spark from God. And we are all temples to be venerated because we possess the glory of carrying God within us. And whether on earth as incarnate beings or in the invisible as free spirits, we owe reverence and veneration both to ourselves and to others since all are created equal before their creator, beloved gems of the supernal jewelry chest of the one who is the ultimate reason of life. From these originates the divine basic law to love God above all else and our neighbors as ourselves. So, I'm just flipping the last pages here because there is, <clears throat> at the end of the chapter, they say, trust in the unsurpassed tenderness of our beloved Master and Lord, the infallible guide of our destinies, can be life-saving and very educational. Today, we are asked to revisit our co-creative forces, the sexual forces. What are we doing with it? The past is in the past. The present is the most important time. And to feel that we are temples of God. We need to adore God in us. 
so we are able to love others as well and put God there as center stage in our lives. This is called humility. We need to practice it. Blessed are the poor in spirit because we surrender ourselves to God. This is our exercise for the next 24 hours to find this inner balance, to calibrate ourselves. Shall we, friends? Yes? So now we're going to join forces to pray. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this intercontinental connection to pray mostly for the suicides in the Valley of Suicides. And count on our trust that Mother Mary is taking care of every, everyone. So I'm opening here, one second, the Ave Maria. So we can listen to it, connect, join forces, and pray. Okay? So, okay, it's coming. One second. Okay. All right, friends. Let us breathe in and out. And visualize Mother Mary, who is in charge of the works with suicidal spirits around the world, who is the mother of all of us. Her compassionate, loving smile, caring arms and hands, embracing us. Let us visualize her blanket of blue light being covering up the suicides who are feeling cold. So they are warmed up by her blanket of healing. And her lancers and the doctors, nurses, therapists rescuing them to bring them to further treatment in the hospital, in the spiritual realm. Let us raise our thoughts in gratitude. Dear Mother Mary, thank you so much for your invitation so we can be instructed 
and go through the opportunity of being of use to your immense works of rescue and rehabilitation of minds and hearts around the world. We pray that they receive your blanket of healing and feel your warmth, renewed hope, knowing that this shall pass. And now we can hear with you a choir singing these very words, this shall pass. This shall pass. This shall pass. And we visualize the beauty of your healing light soothing their souls, making them feel loved again. Thank you for your mercy. Please count on us, Mother Mary, to learn and to learn to serve, working, to be useful somewhat. We can already see the day in which our world will be healed and shining its light towards other civilizations around the universe. May we stay under your inspiration and protection as Master Jesus receives from us our deepest gratitude for sharing your maternal love with all of us. And so be it. Thank you, friends. Thank you for this partnership in instruction and service. Tomorrow when we come back, Camilo through Yvonne Pereira is going to delight our minds in more information about how powerful it is, the mercy and the love of God for all of us. No one is ever forgotten. Everyone is cared for. A big hug to you, dear friends. We are lifting up our hopes because life is really divine. A big hug to you until tomorrow, God willing, because Kardec Radio is always nourishing our souls. Thank you. So we can pray and feel the beauty of her envelopment. Beloved Mother Mary, 
Your works are so immense. We cannot even imagine what it is. In its depth. But we thank you for your loving devotion to the children of the earth, to all those who are anguished, committed suicide. We pray that they now, wherever they are, they feel the envelopment of your sky blue blanket of healing light, bringing them the warmth and new hope. As for us, allow us to ask that our loved ones also receive this loving treatment. Beloved Mother, thank you so much for the inspiration, for the love, for your care. Please count on us. And may all the ones who are incarnated thinking of suicide hear your words saying, this shall pass, my child. This shall pass. This shall pass, my child. Trust in God and everything will be fine. Feeling your loving care. We are committed to continue on our vigilance to be useful wherever it may be. And so be it. La da da, la da 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 da. Lifting hope, oh yes, our hopes are ever more lifted up, right? Yes, because here at Cardiac Radio, we are always nourishing our souls. When we come back tomorrow, there is more, more nourishment. For now, let us take note of our instinctive tendencies, right? In the next 24 hours studying ourselves with our guardian angels. They're going to guide all of us to find out what we've done in the past that is repeating today. Could be good or bad. Let us mark it down and be stronger. All right. So thank you, friends. Thank you for joining us. Until tomorrow, God willing. <laughs>